Hi, this is Jim. Welcome to another episode of Kitchen Table Adulting. Uh, we have Haley back with us today. Hi, Haley. Hey. Uh, and Haley and I are going to finish the conversation we had in the previous episode uh, about living with roommates and the things you need to talk about before you agree to be roommates. So we finished with talking about guests. And so today, the next point on the list that's also on the website is how will we handle cleaning and organizing? Um, you know, for example, will we have a, an assigned cleaning schedule? Do we all have the same definition of what clean means? And the answer is Bob does not. Bob will never listen to this podcast, but he does not. Um, and can I, uh, for example, in terms of keeping things organized, you know, what if you had a roommate who liked to leave his mountain bike in the middle of the kitchen? Yeah, where, you know, you're just like, dude, this doesn't work for me. He's yeah. like, well, I like leaving it there. So there you go, you know. Yeah. Um, so as far as like cleaning and organizing, just like with my past roommates, um, the best thing that worked for us was like designating a day of the week um, that we would all get together and kind of just have a cleaning party almost. <laughs> um, like we kept our own respective rooms relatively clean and those are kind of our own space but as far as like the shared spaces um we would pitch in and all do it together on like an afternoon or an evening that we had nothing going on and that generally worked for us um yeah okay but, and yeah. i as, as i recall we would generally have some sort of schedule of you know right. alternating who cleans the bathroom or yeah. you know scrubs the kitchen down or whatever um, and it, there's more than one way to do it. It's really whatever works for you, but you do have to have a conversation about, uh, you know, do we agree that living in a clean place is important? Because I've, I've definitely had roommates that didn't care. And I'm, I, I don't, I don't think I'm a total neat freak, but I, yeah. I've, I've been in some pretty grimy places before and I can't do it. I have to be able to clean the bathroom and kitchen to a certain level now. Um, exactly yeah I'm the same way and oh I was just uh, hopefully that thought will come back to me but we'll move on okay so next on the list uh pets now um obviously if you're going into a lease with some folks um you'll know at least at that time does anyone have a pet and you have to understand you know if, if you're willing to live you know with that let, let's just say a dog um or you could be in a situation too where you all move in and then four months later your roommate announces hey i'm getting a cat tomorrow and you're like hey whoa we never talked about that so have you ever had pets in the house um i have we used to have two dogs but they were my like two other roommates and we had a like a previous conversation prior to us living together that they were their responsibility. And when they went out of town, they had to take the pets with them that I was not to take care of them because they weren't my responsibility. Okay. That's a very fair way to do it. I, I've had, uh, I know that I've had roommates who had cats and that wasn't a problem for the most part. The cats were a known entity when I moved in. Um, and I did have another roommate a few years ago in Nashville who had a dog and I, I enjoyed walking the dog, but it was sort of like, it was never required of me to do that. I just, I like going for long walks. So I was like, all right, I'll just take Jasmine with me. Uh, 
So that was fine, but I think it's very good. And that's one of the points I have on the website is that you made it clear that the dogs can live here, but I take no responsibility for it. So you, yeah. st you stated your requirement up front and hopefully it worked out relatively well. Yeah. I think it's unfair of somebody to spring a pet on you. Um, you know, if somebody's, I spent, well, I guess the first thing would be if you have an allergy, it just can't happen. But yeah. uh, you have to, you, you don't want to live with someone who says, I'm getting a cat tomorrow and you'll just have to deal with it. You have to have the ability to say no. Yeah. I think. I think so too. I mean, cat, like personally, cats are a no-go for me. I just, I don't want to cohabitate with the cat. <laughs> okay. And it's, you know, it's based on preference, but, and then the other thing to consider is if somebody says I'm going to adopt a, a cat or a dog, if it's a puppy or a kitten, they're going to destroy some stuff too. Yeah. So that's yeah. you know, another conversation to be aware of before, you know, your favorite pair of shoes gets chewed up or something. But that's a great segue into our next point, which is how do we handle conflict? Do you have a good conflict with roommate strategy, Ellie? Um, <laughs> well, you live alone now, so obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I enjoy my alone space. Um, I think just like the best way that I approach situations was just to kind of like be absolutely transparent with like your expectations or whatever issues that you may be having. Because if you try to tiptoe around the problem, it tends to create a lot of unnecessary drama and nobody really has time to deal with that. So just kind of being like open and honest about situations and having face-to-face -face conversation, get away from like the texting and trying to be passive in a scenario because it does not end well. Oh yeah. Well, I completely agree about that. I actually think, and it's, you know, on my list on the website um, that you have to have a, uh, an honest conversation before everybody, you know, agrees to sign a lease. And you have to have some ground rules as to how are we going to handle this. And and what I have on the website is my suggestion is you have a, a rule within the household that anyone can say, I need an honest roommate minute and I'm going to say something that bothers me. And you just have to be an adult about it and work through it rather than getting offended. Yeah. Now, as I recommend that to the audience, I have never done that. So uh, in retrospect, that might have made it easier because one of the things uh, you'll find when you're living with people, especially if the patterns emerge several months in, is it gets harder and harder to address them. Right. So you, you need to sort of have ground rules where anybody can effectively raise their hand and say, I've got to say this, it doesn't work for me. You're, you know, you always leave your muddy boots at the back door, uh, you know, or what I'm trying to think of a really benign example, but um, you know, you need to be able to bring that stuff up and not have it be a super big argument. And hopefully if you've gone through this list with all your potential roommates, even if your roommate doesn't like what he or she is hearing, they go, okay, that's fair. We did talk about this and I'll, right. I'll try to remember um, because that's the kind of stuff that will just boil over. Um, and I was in, I've had several bad roommate situations and the passive aggressive notes on the whiteboard on the refrigerator was a big part of that. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, you know, or the, you know, other passive aggressive behavior, which isn't, this actually isn't on this list, but that's where, 
you're doing things that seem, uh, what's the word? You're not, you're not seeming to be confrontational. There's no violence. There's no slamming of doors, but you're like taking the batteries out of the remote for the TV. And, you know, you know, your roommate's going to pick up the remote and be frustrated. There are no batteries. So um, <laughs> that kind of behavior is, I think, always a downward spiral. Yeah. And some of it just comes with being young because you don't have the same communication skills that adults do. That's uh, correct. <laughs> are, you, are you guilty of that, Haley? Uh, I used to be. Yes, she is. In college, I was really, really bad about it. I was the person that would leave notes on the refrigerator. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, but now as I'm like grown up and like recognized, like, I guess like my voice and like understanding that it's easier to resolve conflict when you're just like open and transparent with people, like things are more productive that way. And trying to be like, shady and rude is not going to get you anywhere yeah so uh yeah that's i i was i'm thinking about that my situation in seattle years ago became just a a textbook passive aggressive and i know i know i did it too i just don't remember what i did um but yeah that was everybody had their way of trying to annoy the other people in the house and it was ultimately became pretty toxic but then just to finish out that story I came home. Oh, this is actually a really good story. There's talk about a real, real world uh, experience. I wasn't getting along with these roommates and that was obvious. Well, they contacted the owner of the house um, and basically said they wanted me out oh, and they God. never told me that directly. So, and this literally happened. I got laid off from my job and came home that night to essentially a letter on the dining table saying you need to move out. Oh no. Yeah, that actually that that's I can laugh about it now. <laughs> yeah, and and like they staged it where the, like the other three people all went out somewhere for the evening and left this letter for me. And it, and it, they they obviously did not know this, but it happened to coincide with the day I lost my job. Oh my gosh, that's awful. And ultimately, <coughs> excuse me, ultimately I did move out, um, which was healthier for everybody involved. Yeah. I feel bad about some of my behavior in that situation, but I do feel like it was a shared immaturity. Right. <laughs> okay. So that's probably enough about conflict. But then there's also the issue of day-to-day -day communication. Um, you know, back in my roommate days, it was the old whiteboard on the refrigerator. Um, I'm sure it's now mostly text messages. Um, yeah. And it's whatever works for you. But there's going to be those times where you're, you've got to communicate to your roommates either, you know, I'm having a friend over for dinner on Thursday or... I'm going to get up super early on Saturday or, you know, that stuff that you need to communicate. And you can't just, if you live with people, you cannot conduct yourself as if you don't live with people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what worked for me and two of my friends in college was we had a monthly calendar on the fridge and we would write down days that like we planned to do stuff as far as like having somebody over for dinner, if we had family or friends coming into town, that way it was kind of an open view that we yeah. could all see and like add to. Um, but as far as like 
texting um, somebody about like, I don't know, like when is the light bill due? That sort of thing. Texting was the way to go. But for like planned events and like just things or like even if you have to like go to the gym in the morning at six, just putting that on the schedule just so they have an idea of like, all right, well, Sarah has to wake up at 530 to go to the gym. Like we should probably be quiet by 10 o'clock. Yeah. That's, that's that, yeah. Like that worked for us. And part of it too is, uh, you know, just being respectful. If you know, for example, that, of course, this is in non-COVID times because nobody goes out right now. But if you know that you're out for the evening, you let your roommates know and say, like, you can chill. You have the house to yourself or whatever so that they know that, you know, it, that's a courteous thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just have to, uh, as I said, you know, don't act like you live alone when you live with other people. And yeah you know, giving people a heads up on things, getting back to one of the previous points about guests, um, you know, whatever works for you works for you. But if you know that you're going to have three friends over on a Saturday to watch a football game and you know that on Tuesday, tell your other roommates on Tuesday, not, yes. not the, Oh, by the way, three of my friends are walking up the driveway right now. You know, that's just, that's rude not to give people a heads up on things. Yeah. And then however the dynamic is in your shared space, if they say, hey, I'm not cool with that, you guys need to go somewhere else, then you need to be respectful. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I did that one incorrectly too. <laughs> this whole list is reading more like a confession. <laughs> you were the everything. bad roommate to live with. I could line up a few people who would say that I was, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, I mean, I think I've done well in other situations, but Part of it is because, you know, I didn't have a list like this, which is why I'm passing it along to the audience and saying, hey, had I talked about these issues with uh, roommates, then there will always be conflict because people are different and people have conflict. But yeah. if you've talked about it in advance, you can say, hey, this was part of our conversation and you did agree to do this this way. So I'm, right. I'm holding you accountable as a, a decent person and as an adult. <laughs> um okay moving on to the next point here borrowing possessions uh now uh, Haley's shaking her head right now so clearly this is not okay um so again this is a conversation you need to have and the example i have on the website is can your roommate borrow your mountain bike without asking and you know that's like in general uh, I would say that sharing of possessions, especially things taken outside of the apartment, should be kept to a minimum. And I would prefer that it be on a as-needed permission basis. Yes. Generally. Okay. I can't think of a particular time where that's really come back to haunt me. But, yeah. but you know, and, and you have to be honest with people, if there's something that you have, uh, like, I guess maybe... If you have like a fancy gaming console and you're really particular about people not using it or maybe your iPad or something, you just have to say like, hey, I try to be a reasonable person, but these things are really expensive or, you know, I have a lot of personal data on my iPad, so I'm not going to be sharing that. Yeah. And I think so long as you're upfront about it and consistent about it, then, then that's good. 
Although eventually you will find out that your roommate did in fact borrow your mountain bike without asking. So, yep. Cause people, it people back. <laughs> what's that? I said it always comes back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So long as it always comes back and it's not damaged. Yeah. yeah. Actually that's, that's another thing I didn't, I just thought of. Um, but I, since I'm talking to a young audience, I also subscribe to the idea that you don't lend somebody your car. Never. Uh, <laughs> now in truth, uh, this was covered in my auto insurance episode. Um, when you give somebody verbal permission to drive your car, your auto insurance will extend to them. Uh, but when you do that, I mean, it obviously comes down to how much you trust the person, but you have to be ready for them to call you an hour and a half later and be like, Hey, um, you know, and I, I can't see a friendship surviving that one. So no, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. I just, my, I think it's better if you adopt the policy of, I don't do that, you know, and I will gladly drive you to wherever you need to go if I can. And if, if I can't and you're broke, I'll pay for Uber or whatever, but I would avoid that as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, good. good. Okay. Next up, let's see. How do we leave the place when nobody is home? Uh, now, for example, uh, should all the lights be off or does somebody want to leave a couple of lights on, say for security reasons, or maybe somebody says, I just do not like coming home to a completely dark house, which I do understand. Um, and then it seems obvious, but you have to agree like the back door and the front door must be locked. All the windows need to be locked. Uh, you know, I, I, I have on the website, you know, check the stove and coffee maker just cause you know, some people are idiots. Um, curling irons, straighteners. For oh, I about curling irons. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big one. I leave mine on all the time. <laughs> Did you finally get one with a timer? No. Okay. Well, maybe that's what you should be saving for. I probably should. <laughs> but, but then on the, on the, uh, the list on the website too, I have, uh, you know, turn down the thermostat and this is a, this is actually an issue for me and my wife constantly. Cause, and this gets back to a little bit of the uh, compatibility of roommates issue. So my wife and I have about a 20 degree temperature differential in terms of how we like the room. And so, and I am just constantly warm and she's constantly cold. That's something to talk about in terms of, especially if you're living with roommates and you're tight on money, you should not be running the, the heat full tilt during the day while everybody is out at work. And along the same lines, you should not be running the heat all night. I mean, once everyone tucks into bed, the thermostat should get turned down. Um, can't believe I'm mentioning this, but this is something somebody needs to tell you, right, Haley? Yeah, it is because those electric bills are not cheap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is it is a waste of money issue, and then it's also um, you know just a common respect thing. So yeah, you know, you just have the conversation, agree to some house rules, and live by it. And obviously, people will forget. Sometimes you'll forget. You'll walk out the door, and you won't will not have adjusted the thermostat. But you know, so long as there's a guiding rule, then you should have less conflict. Yeah. Speaking of conflict, next point: uh, who is allowed to have a spare key? And oh, that's a tough one. I would probably stay away from significant others having keys. 
obviously you've done that wrong, Haley. <laughs> Not necessarily wrong. It's <laughs> like you don't want, especially like if you guys were to go through like a bad breakup and like, what if they're just not in a good headspace? Like now they have access to like your whole like safe blanket living quarters and you don't know what can happen. I would. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, um, that is, a, a, that is actually a, a realistic thing. Um, yeah. But even I, I'm thinking like if, if I'm living, you know, this is, 20 some odd years ago, but if I was living in, a, in an apartment with two other guys and then one of them said, Oh, I gave my girlfriend a key. Cause she's over that, you know, all the time. Like that's not really cool. No. Cause then that gives her like the luxury of coming over whenever she wants. Yeah. And, and it's sort of like, you know, uh, the mature way to do it is the people who are on the lease and pay rent obviously need a key. And then it's just a good practice at any point in life uh, to leave a spare key with someone you trust. Uh, you know, it, it might be a mutual friend or something, but that's for like, I lost my key. I cannot get into my place. Not, right. not so that friend can stop by. And I even do that now. I mean, my, my, my next door neighbor has a key and you know, it's, he, he's able to check on the place if we're out of town, that kind of thing. Right. So, but yeah, I think there's, you definitely don't want a situation where somebody is at liberty to just give away a key and then suddenly you have an extra roommate who's not on the lease and doesn't pay for anything. Yeah. I promise you, you will be resentful of that. Yep. <laughs> okay. And then getting, getting back to the list, the last point I have here, and then we're going to get more funny Haley stories, is um, will we allow drugs or alcohol in the apartment? And this is, a, this is sort of twofold. And I'm going to make, I, I know that there are people under 21 listening who get beer or whatever. I'm not addressing that. But so the first thing is, uh, you know, you might be living with someone. Of course, this gets back to point number one about compatibility. You could be living with somebody who's a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. Now, they, I think the decent thing to do in that situation is for them to be upfront about it and say, I can't have liquor in the house because that's not part of my lifestyle. And that probably, if you insist on keeping beer in the fridge all the time, that's probably reason enough not to be roommates, but it's part of the conversation you should have. And then when it comes to other uh, drugs, you need to talk about, you know, and it's fair to say, like, I need this to be a drug-free house or, yeah. you know, no judgments. If you're both marijuana smokers, you can say marijuana is, acceptable but nothing else uh that's just an honest part of the conversation and that also um this point i thought of and fortunately for me it's not from personal experience but if you happen to have a criminal history and you're on probation you do not want to live with roommates who keep drugs in the house no because it's only a matter of time before there's a break-in to get the drugs or the police are there because of the drugs and if you're on probation your probation officer is going to look at it as you did it. They were yours. You're guilty. And that's just, it's putting yourself in a stupid situation. Exactly. So, I, and I don't think, I guess, I don't think I was, I don't think I've, I've had that experience. I think marijuana smoking was probably the only thing I've encountered in my roommate days. Um, but again, that's just part of the conversation you have to have. So, Getting back to Haley's funny roommate stories. 
<laughs> now, oh, here's a good question, Haley. Okay. What, what would your former roommate say about you? <laughs> um, they would probably say that I'm really clean and very particular, but I also enjoy a party every single weekend. <laughs> okay. Good enough. Yeah. I actually don't don't really want to think about what former roommates would say about me. <laughs> I really don't. Because I, I, I freely admit it, I wasn't always a good roommate. And part of that has to do with not having these conversations up front and then feeling like it becomes an awkward thing or feeling like you can't communicate. Right. So yeah. for you, is it easier to live with, like, I guess, like your now wife, but like, did you live with other females in the past? Yeah, uh, my train wreck of a house in Seattle was two two females and then another guy for the most part. I mean, there was a little transition period there because people came and went from the house. So do you think it's easier to live with women or live with men? My general inclination would say would be women, with the exception of the fact that the one in Seattle who was crazy was a female. Um, so, but... In terms of my standard of cleanliness, I would think women. Yeah. Because I've know. I've been in those classic like three guys apartments and they're disgusting. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I so this this is not a roommate situation because uh, I actually own the house. This is the only, the only time I've ever owned a house. But I remember specifically the first Christmas when I owned a house in Nashville. I uh, was having a Christmas party, and I invited people over, and you know got snacks and booze or whatever it was but um then my girlfriend at the time came over with her friend early and they looked around they're like aren't you gonna clean i was like i did and they're like oh no oh no you haven't and they spent i distinctly remember them spending like 15 minutes cleaning off the stove when i was oh. like i i didn't think that was dirty <laughs> and i mean i was 28 year old bachelor so whatever but <laughs> So again, you know, people have different definitions of clean. Yeah, exactly. They do. And now, now I've converted to being pretty much a clean freak. So. All right, Haley. Well, I appreciate you uh, helping me highlight these points. I think that anyone who listens to both of these episodes and then reviews the list on the website, if they have these conversations beforehand, they're going to be much, much better off. Yeah. So. Appreciate your time, Haley. We'll have you back for something else. All right. Sounds good. That concludes today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any follow-up questions, you can email me at askjimkta at gmail.com or for more information, check out kitchentableadulting.com. 